0: Hello and welcome to Another Woodshop Podcast, with Mike Coffee of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all, as well as the podcast, on Instagram and YouTube.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 116 of Another Woodshop Podcast, where this week we got the feline fun... Fine furniture maker, the charitable community champion, Dog Moses tools was taken on Instagram, so he went with Jonathan Katz Moses. What's going
2: on? <laughs> good Dog one, Pete. Moses. Good one, Pete.
1: Pete is our hype
0: man. Every week he comes in hot with the hype. It's always good. Uh, we, like Pete just said, we got Jonathan Katz Moses with us, which is super awesome. We've got quite the week in woodworking. Was it was an interesting one this week, and I, I want to blame Dan, but really it's not Dan's fault. Dan's a victim as much of any of us here. So uh, <laughs> I think. Uh, I think it goes, you know, we don't really need to introduce Jonathan Katz Moses, but hey, Jonathan, who are you? What are you doing here?
3: Uh, like Pete said, Jonathan Dog Moses the first. Um, <laughs> uh, Pete, that was like, I, I, I don't know if that was, uh, on the fly or not, but that was a fantastic intro. It's certainly, I was great. typing it up as we were he, starting he's up. Pro. I always do. Absolutely. It's something. It's
1: something. Uh, my name is
3: Jonathan Katz Moses. Uh, I'm a father, a woodworker, a content creator, a tool developer and distributor, uh, and philanthropist in the woodworking community.
1: Ooh, good word. I like that. Outstanding. That's a that's big, big word. word. I'm going to look that I'm up. I'm going right? to Google that real quick. I'll be right <laughs> no, uh,
0: that's awesome. We're, we're really excited you're on the show. Uh, real quick, before we jump into anything else, I want to thank our patrons. Big thank you to our patrons. You guys are amazing. Thank you for supporting the show. You guys are awesome. Uh, typically, we go into reviews about this time for the podcast, uh, and we're not going to do that because we got Jonathan Katz Moses on the show, but we are going to play the jingle as if we are going to do them, and here's that.
2: Go, Black Betty! Ram-lam! That's
0: Dan Dunlap singing Black Betty, as per usual. You can't (laughs) stop Dunlap from singing Black Betty. You can't Can't stop me. You
3: gotta love some Ram Jam. jam. Yeah, Ram Jam,
0: exactly. Ram Jam, love Uh, Ram Jam. So, I mean, we're not going to do reviews. Typically, we jump into what's on our bench, but this week's been very interesting. We're going to try to discuss this without discussing this a bit. It's going to be tough. We're going to kind of dance around things a bit. We don't want to focus on certain things. We want to kind of focus on positivity here, but... I think we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't give some sort of an idea as to what's happening here. So, Dan, uh, since this was done to you in a in a court of public uh, appeal or whatever, I don't know. What Dan, Dan, tell us what happened to you this week. I
2: don't know. Well, it's funny. It actually kind of goes back about <laughs> two, two and a half weeks ago. I posted a, a little video, a little reel, if you will, of me putting some That's finish. A real. That's a reel. <laughs> of me putting <laughs> some finish of the Rubio monocote uh type on a little table that I was making. And that video did okay. It, it sat kind of dormant, not dormant. I mean, it did a little it got a little traction. It got like 70,000 views or whatever. It's a sleeper. It was a sleeper. And uh you know, it it did its thing for about 2 weeks and then all of a sudden here comes uh James from a certain finishing company, he's the owner, uh trotting in on his horse and he he wanted to drop a comment on it and uh kind of like bash me for what i was doing and uh spout off about big chemical and uh and in the in the meanwhile like he disparaged like his whole customer base like talking bad about People who started their business in a shop because he mentioned something about, well, I haven't even worked in my garage since I was 12 years old. And he also made a really weird comment about snap bag hats. So it kind of fired up a lot of people because I went and shared it. It fired up a lot of people and it snowballed into this like whole kind of movement. Uh, It's pretty wild.
0: I remember waking up in the morning and a text from you saying, isn't that – the owner's personal account? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Sure, yeah. That sure is the owner's personal account. <laughs> and that was what I woke up to. And I was like, man, I'm reading. I'm like, God, this guy shot himself in the foot so hard. And yeah. it, it and just shows so many sides. Like, it's. And God,
2: the so incident hard. with me is not isolated. This guy has done this to numerous people, numerous uh, companies and other, like, uh, personalities online. And it's it's uh, it's a pattern with him. It's. Insane that he's still in business, but uh, it, it seems like that the, this movement has gotten a little traction. So we'll see where it goes from here.
3: but well, I um, think so it's, that's it, it's a testament to like good corporate treatment of your customers, right? Like every yeah. single one of the woodworkers out there are wearing snapback hats and working out of their garage. I mean, this is like it's a, yeah. a, a theme.
2: it's a very large percentage they, of people. Yeah. <laughs> Except for I, Jonathan, I mean, you can't hide that. That I
3: mean, I don't want to ruin thick, my hair. Thick, luscious
0: today.
2: hair, dude. Right, this
3: pop. I don't want <laughs> to make. I
0: don't want to make assumptions, but like, I mean, it, it's very, it's very evident when you say something like, "I didn't," I, I haven't been in a garage shop since I was twelve or whatever that. But, I mean, obviously, that tells me that person had a business handed to them and uh they started in a business that and they didn't start this thing they they had a business <clears throat> handed to them and it was uh something that they they got handed to them with a silver spoon and i'm and making assumptions here i want to be very clear about that that i'm making that assumption uh but it comes from a place of sitting on a high horse and looking down on people and the whole rest of the comments were about that it was a very much yeah. looking down on people who are his customers and right. it's it's yeah. dirty it's yeah, dirty and business and good
2: another interesting thing here is you know he could have he could have avoided all of this super easily by you know owning his comment and apologizing, but instead he continues to double down or explaining
1: himself. It's just mean this or whatever.
2: It's just bad form. It's just See, bad form.
1: If, by if anybody, a, like the thing that really upset me is like, well, a you don't come after the community. This community literally helped me through the worst parts of my last like four or five years Uh, when I've had a rough time, the community was there for me. Yes. And uh, we'll talk more about this uh, in detail, but like when the community got upset about it and called them out on it, uh, the, the, the rebuttal was, uh, an attack at a major corporation brand, vague brand, whatever, like kind of, it was kind of omitting the whole thing. Like this is a social media platform. Like most of the content provided is by content creators, snapback, hat wearing you know garage working uh regular people so you know small business owners a lot of us are small business owners and all uh, of us uh, I, it just confused me and it hurt me to hear someone whose product a lot of people supported um come after the people that supported them most. Yeah. you know we're not the big we're not buying gallons of it at a time but we're the ones sharing it with everyone
2: yeah, that's the thing. I've I've shared videos of me using that product in the past. And we we're not going to name the product. Everybody knows by now what product mm-hmm. we're talking about. I have personally shared me using that product. I've used it Franks <laughs> Red Hot. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and like it's a fine product. I mean, it, it does okay, but there's no reason for me to stand behind that product when it's run by somebody it's- who's so terrible. Like I can live without the product.
0: So
3: Absolutely. 100%. I mean, and I think it just comes down to, uh, it's not about the incident. It's about, you know, rallying around a battle cry. It's like his points were valid. Like some of the things he was saying had merit. And I don't, you know, I don't have not fact checked them, but they were valid points. And so he could have done without the attacking of his customer base. And uh, absolutely, and it, it would have gone unnoticed. It may have, you know, swayed 12 people in your comment section two weeks after your video was posted. But instead, yeah. he, he decided to add like it's like throwing a hand grenade on a fire. Like, why? What's the point? Why? Why insult everybody for the sake of insulting them?
2: No, you're just spreading the fire.
3: It's
0: yeah. an opportunity to make himself look really – well, he said what he said and then from that point forward is an opportunity to make himself look like the bigger person and spin it in a positive way. No chance. There's no chance he can do that. There's no, no chance. So so that positive what we wanted, came
1: out of this whole thing though.
0: The, the rallying I mean, of
1: the community. Look
0: at the community. Yeah,
1: Holy smokes. That the, has the been – The community, outreach, the uproar, Everyone's supporting – like some – obviously some people kind of took it over the top. That has been inspiring
2: like, to say the least.
1: Been v- very proudly. Not only that, but other brands talking about where they got started, how important it is, and how they got to the point they are at because of.
3: Well, I of the, I started I, in a garage, and the way I found out about this, the way I found out about this was three people tagged me that they were donating proceeds to my charity as a result of this, and that's, I wanted to talk about that that specifically. Yes, it, it was like amazing. Like, so we raised all this money. We didn't even know it was going to happen. Rubio Monaco donating money. I mean, it's like. I've got small small businesses, guys working out of their garage, like donating proceeds from stuff they're making and selling to people. I mean, it's crazy, and I didn't even know this was going yep. on until that, until I was tagged in that.
2: Yeah, uh, we. Ha- I had a a, a a follower. I think his name is Ryan Price. He designed a sticker uh, around this company's label. It made it look like that that company's label, but it's not exactly and mm-hmm. he's selling them for 5 bucks and he's donating all the proceeds to Jonathan Katz Moses charity which I want to hear more about actually yeah.
3: the Katz Moses yeah. yeah. Woodworkers yeah. with
0: Disabilities Fund Yeah,
1: yeah. so why do not we get into the questions Mike you want to yeah. rattle some off
0: Well I mean let's let's hear about what that is I mean I, I I'm going to jump backwards in time after that but let's let's talk about the fund I, I mean it's a huge deal I mean it, it's it's a thing you should definitely be proud of. And we're proud that you're doing. Thank you. I about. really
3: appreciate that. And you we're know, proud
0: to have yeah. you here. This is amazing.
2: Yeah,
3: Yeah. no, this yeah. is, thank you guys. It's I'm humbled to be here. <laughs> like I one really of am. Top people we all watch. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm humbled. I mean, I, when I hear that, I, it, it, I I ne- it is never lost on me how the support of this community has built my business, and I I believe so firmly in supporting that community and how important it is to always empower people to even if they don't agree with me, you know, if they don't, I can take constructive criticism and do all those things without having a complete tantrum. Um, and that's I think yeah. that's an important important yes. uh, feature of a, of a right. business owner. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'll tell you something. We do customer service every day. I get 30, 40 emails a day. Uh, a lot of times those people are upset about something. My package is late. I don't know where it is. Or this product didn't, you know, QC didn't catch something. And they're so angry. Not all of them. The small portion of them are so angry. And we just I'm sorry, sir, that you had that experience. Let us make it right. Um, You know, my company's motto is people before profits. And we really live that. And it's so important to remember that like this person who had made this comment on your video, they need to remember that it's like the silent 90% that use their product and enjoy it. that don't give a crap about some influencer saying something like they're not going to be swayed yep. by Dan Dunlap. Dunlap and they, he forgot that and he decided to be insulted by one thing and, and then insult the entirety of a community over it. And it's so silly yeah. because one of the things I, I try and remind the people that work with me, you know, who work in the warehouse is like, look, I know it's frustrating on your soul to get these emails, but you remember we shipped out 10,000 packages this month. So if we got 30 emails of angry people, like that's a 0.03%. Like we're doing good. We're doing great here. Like that's great. how great. People didn't yeah. say something. And uh, it's so important to remember. And I think that's important to remember on comments, like on my YouTube channel, you get those comments that just burn your soul, you know, and you're like, ouch, you know, like they got my insecurity and, and I feel so hurt by this. But then you remember, look, this video has 170,000 views and I got two negative Mm -hmm. comments, you know, and it's like off, you know, you got to brush it off because it's just, it's part of the game. And you got to know you're never going to make everybody happy. Like there's nobody who's batting a hundred. There's nobody. And, uh, yep. you know, maybe Tom Hanks. I feel like Tom Hanks is pretty fact. <laughs>
2: he's uh, king of the world, let's yeah. be honest with you. I saw him. I saw him blow up a couple weeks ago, but I think he had, a, <laughs> I, he had the right to blow up. But anyway. Right. Yeah, some dude was pushing his wife or something. I mean, that's a yeah, great yeah, yeah. reason. Oh, this really <laughs> happened?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, it was man, on Reddit. 100%. It's on Reddit, so it's real. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like, a deep fake or anything. He's, he's had a good run. He's allowed. Right. Oh, yeah, That's for good. sure. No, but let's, let's, he's got enough some enough get out Enough about Tom Hanks. He's
0: always <laughs> talked about on our podcast. Let's talk about the, <laughs> the fund. We should have a jingle.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. two, two years ago on Reddit, actually, the Reddit R Woodworking Forum is my favorite place. I helped build my business. Uh, there was this guy who was posting videos of his son named Vlad the Builder. That was the moniker he went by. And he was a kid with Apert syndrome, which is where your bones don't diffuse in utero. Like you, when you're oh, when crazy. you're growing in your, your mom's tummy, all your bones are connected and they start to diffuse as you grow. And your bones with Apert syndrome don't diffuse. So everything's connected. Your teeth are connected. Your skull doesn't expand. Oh, wow. And it is I was going to swear. It is very painful. Uh, we and- had Jimmy
0: rest on here. We couldn't get two words in Edgewise without one of those. So you're fine. <laughs> All right.
3: <laughs> um- Sentence enhancer. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Jimmy's great at that. Uh, yeah, he's the best. And this, this guy was having the best time. His name, Vlad. He was like enjoying it so much. And he's making like things on the lathe. And he's sanding stuff. And he's using planers. And he's pushing stuff through the table saw with the help of his dad. So I reached out. And I said, listen – What I saw today was one of the most inspiring things I've ever seen. What can I do to support you? What do you need? Uh, And they said, well, actually, we're in the Ukraine. Um, Vlad and I run a charity, uh, where we help get kids out of orphanages and placed in loving homes in, in, you know, middle Europe. I'm sorry, in Eastern Europe. And, and this is a couple that moved from Oregon. All the way to Ukraine because they were trying to adopt a child and they found out that orphanages in, in Eastern Europe are like asylums. Like they keep these kids locked up, kids with disabilities. They, they don't have toys. They don't have food. And so they realized it was like this horrible thing. And so they went over there and they adopted kids. They foster kids. They have 12 children. They have 30 families living on their, their ranch. Um, which actually we just, my charity raised $40,000 to get them out of the Ukraine, uh, when Russia started shelling their city. Um, it's awesome. It was amazing. We got them all out to Romania and Germany. We raised $40,000. I was on a plane coming back from workbench gone. So I like turned off my phone in Atlanta. I landed in Denver and it was like, oh my God, we raised 35 grand in like four hours. I mean, it was crazy. Well, um, that's amazing. It, it was unbelievable. And so, it's amazing. Uh, since this time, what I learned from this when I first met him, and I get, you know, we, we made this video called A Mallet for Vlad. You can look it up on my YouTube channel. Uh, mm-hmm. We sent like a crate with $5,000 worth of tools, all these things. i talked to his dad, like, okay, we need work holding stuff. But he, because of his hands, or the bones are fused, he can't hold things. So mm-hmm. we need ways to safely hold mm-hmm. things so he can cut them. Uh, and so we came up with all these unique solutions for him. And we realized that one, uh, uh, people with disability, well, most importantly, making things is therapeutic and it decreases recovery time. It increases self-confidence. It, it's like one of those things we can all like sort of uh, attest to the fact that like it's such a cathartic exercise. Like it's good for yeah. your yes. soul to make it's stuff. Amazing. Yeah, like finishing things the is best. the greatest feeling. And so yeah. we we found that one people with disabilities usually don't have resources. Um, I have resources. I have you know we don't take sponsorships. But we have a million companies that would love to be mentioned in a video about my charity, and so they'll give us anything. And it's like we can give things to people that help them and grow their business and their hobby and their passion. So now today we have a full time director, Chris Giffro from Kedog Woodworks as our director. Yep, he's an attorney. You just had him on. Oh, amazing. We had him on, he's yeah. great. Yeah, Chris is great. Amazing guy. And what people may not know about him is he's a prosecutor in Florida. Uh, he's worked mm-hmm. with lots of nonprofits. Phenomenally talented guy. Uh, and so we have a board. We have four board members that all have different, unique sort of perspectives on people with disabilities and how to support them. And we just launched something I'm so proud of. We worked on it for over a year. Uh, It was the Build Up Initiative. And we created this semi-autonomous application system that allows people to not only apply to be recipients, but they can apply to help. And so they can say, look, I'm willing to donate my time. Find somebody in my area that I can help. And so we can connect these people through the system that we created. We uh, Mark, who does all my digital media content, he developed this thing. It's incredible um and so we can connect people so if you need help unloading your truck and you're in a wheelchair like hey i got a guy uh, you know 40 minutes away from you is willing to come out on a saturday help you put your new saw stop together whatever it is uh and That's then awesome. on top of that we designed three sets of plans that people can build and donate to people in charity we'll help finance some of that where we'll give you a tax deductible receipt for your time um which we value at like the fair market value not just your your materials so, like, you know, we're, we're averaging $85 an hour plus the material. So, you know, you build this gantry crane it's going to help somebody lift something out of their truck and you get a $2,500 tax deductible receipt. Um, right. Uh, and then on top of that, we're we're providing people with tools. You know, one of the things about people with disabilities is they have so many unique needs and everybody's need is different. You know, somebody may have uh, work holding problems or they're in a chair so they need all their tools lowered or they need lower workbenches or they need lifting help, or they, you know, they, they suffer from extreme anxiety. And so like, you know, we donate speakers like with, you know, sound machines, you know, all these things are like really fancy earmuffs that really can play soothing, you know, all these things. There's a million reasons or a million ways that we can help people. And so we, yeah. you know, we've raised about a quarter million dollars in the last two years. We've put tools in all sorts of places. I've got pallets of tools in my shop that we just send out to people, And and it's incredible. And I, one of the things I think is is amazing is there hasn't been a charity in our community that was woodworker focused. And so now in the last year or so, you know, you see like what this thing that just happened with you this week, Dan, where you were personally attacked and then the community was attacked. People rally around that and where do they go? It's like John, you know, Cats Moses Woodworkers with Disabilities Fund. So it's like a rallying point for the community and it's been, One of the things I'm most proud of in my life, and it's just fantastic that we've been able to put this together.
2: I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that.
0: It's amazing. And you earlier before we were kind of prepping things, you mentioned the word virality. And it's amazing how this thing that started as a negative, Mm -hmm. and it still is a negative, but it got spun up into this thing where now – There's donations being made for your charity. And I was talking to Chris before we got into the podcast. You talked about Chris Giffro. I was talking about Chris we were talking about how wild it is that this person makes these... Ridiculous comments, and now the community has rallied to the point where now we're like, how can we give money to something? Right, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like at first we we're like, we were like middle middle fingers up to this guy, and now everyone's like all rallied up. And that's what happens. Like people get rallied up and riled up and want to help. Because now it's like, what do we do with something. all this energy? Like, what do we yeah. do with all this positive energy? And it's like, let's get some. Yeah. Let's I mean, that's just a that's
2: just cool. a testament to how amazing this community is. I mean, they get they get yeah. riled up, like you said, but they turn it into a positive, and it's just, right. yeah. it's mind boggling. It's it's
1: fantastic. Yeah. And I love it. I want to point something out that Dan sent to us about this was outside of our community we don't know if there's any connection there was a jesse james post from uh orange west coast shoppers and like he talked about working out of his garage there was a post of him in his original garage and just a picture of a snapback hat uh, there's no mention of any of that and we're like no mention Wednesdays? of
2: anything else but that was just kind of the timing it's was so, like,
1: like like did it make it outside the community too that's crazy Well, it's just so relatable because it's not
0: just this – every industry is started in a garage and and started somewhere. Everyone started somewhere and everyone starts with these meager starts. I mean – and that's what we wanted to talk about was we want to talk about the positive outcomes of this scenario. And we want to talk about this from the perspective of business owners. And with that, I wanted to ask you, John, I mean why did you start KM
3: Tool? Well, so I started in a 9 by 12 shed with no power. That was how I started my business. Right. Um, and I had a construction company that I hated and I ended up leaving it. Like I walked away from it. We, had, you know, we had like 30 employees at the time. We were doing huge projects and I hated it. And I had had an incident, which Mike, you've heard this no zero talks day, uh, no zero days talk that I do. There's a video on my channel. If you want to watch yep. it, it tells this whole story. Um, but I was, I saved a couple from getting murdered from a gang, but you know, a gang of eight to 12, eight to 10 guys. Uh, and I paid very dearly, beat the, beat me almost to death. Um, and when I came out of the hospital, I realized that, uh, life was fragile and that I was doing something I hated and that I did not want to ever spend a moment doing anything in my life that did not make me happy. So I immediately, not immediately, it took like a year, but I left my construction company and I didn't know what to do. And I saw a video by Matt Kenny, uh, where he cut some dovetails and I said, I want to do that. And I said, it looks easy. And I tried it. And I was like, this is the hardest <laughs> thing I've ever done. And uh, I, that's when I invented the dovetail jig. Because I was like, I made these guides to kind of help me do it. And it, over the course of six months or so, it became sort of the beginning of what you see today uh, out of wood. And I needed a way to advertise it. So I started a YouTube channel, posted some videos about it, started to sell a few Uh, and then it started to snowball and all these things. And I enjoyed the, the community interaction on YouTube. I really, I love teaching. So it was a really cool opportunity for me to share my journey as I grew as a woodworker. Um, and I just ran with it and I knew two things. I knew that I wanted to teach. I knew that I wanted to support the community. Uh, and I knew that I wanted to develop tools. That's three things. I said two things, three things. Uh, I'm the math guy. Can't confirm. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and so (laughs) I started to develop products and teach and, you know, uh, in 2019, we put out 110 full length YouTube videos. Um, Whoa. it was, we worked so hard, like every week, Mark and I, who's like my right hand guy, he's the partner in our company. Uh, he's my cameraman. He's just an amazing guy. Uh, we put out 110 videos in one year and we developed products. I, I created the cat's Moses stop Lock, the apron, uh, and we started to release those and I, I, this all sort of grew as I was buying tools and my journey grew. I was so frustrated by these companies that, you know, you'd hear them talk about how great this was and that was. And I buy it and be some cheap piece of garbage. Uh, you know, it was like a waste of 40 bucks, 50 bucks. And so I swore to myself that I would always put people before profits as I develop tools. And if you look at the pricing on my website that hasn't changed during inflation, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we've, we've done our best to keep our prices really low. Uh, Our prices are very fair and we develop tools that I guarantee if it's on my website, it will be of either one of extreme value or it'll be the best in the market. And so if it's like, that's our thing about Cats Moses tools. If it's on the website, it's in my shop. I use it. It's battle tested and I love it. And so, um, that has now snowballed into we are developing products with content creators and we're helping other people grow their businesses. You know, we, we find that when I started. Uh, the dovetail, When I started like developing the dovetail jig into sort of a finished retail product, I had lots of companies come to me, and these big ones that I won't mention names, but they've got you know 110 retail locations in the United States, offered me two percent. Yeah. They said, "Oh yeah, we'll t- we'll do it for you. You can have two percent of the sales." It was like, "What the hell? <laughs> like, you're out of your mind!" <clears throat> that's, yeah, that's right. Crazy. It was like insulting. It was like you're you're out that of your is mind. It was insulting, and uh, so I said, "Okay, well I'll do it myself." Uh, And then, you know, I realized it was like, okay, I can go through my affiliate links and see what people want. And then I can develop those or bring those into my store. Um, and it started, I started to develop this business plan where it was like, okay. We do a tool development company that's based around content creators that helps content creators do the same thing I did, use my resources. So the other thing that we do that people don't know about is we take all of content creators products that they sell and we'll distribute them for them. So we're like a fulfilled by Amazon for content creators. They can come to me. We'll sell their shirts, their jigs, their whatever they make in their shop. We'll do all the distribution. And because, you know, I ship 100,000 packages a year, I get the lowest shipping rates on the planet. And so we can. People don't know because they're a small business. Such a screw job. I hate this. Like when I was first starting out, it was like, you know, I could ship something to Canada for like $32. It was like more than the product oh, I yeah. <laughs> And now I can do that for 6 bucks. I can ship two pounds to Canada for like $8. Um, oh, and, talk dirty to me. Right. Right. <laughs> So, I can <laughs> share this with other content creators and I can help the community build a business that isn't corporate. You know, we can keep it small. We can keep it small business. And that's what we do at Cats Moses Tools. We aim to keep it small. We aim to keep it small business and we aim to support the community. And so, that's why I started Cats Moses Tools. And that's why what happened to you this week, Dan, is so frustrating to me to watch somebody just nuke the community for no apparent reason. Just like- Yeah, it, it, it makes
2: no sense. It makes no- it makes no sense.
3: And to and, double down uh, on it day after day, day all you after have to do is day. just say, "I'm sorry, I was wrong, and I just want to do better. Yeah. I want to learn from this experience and do better." I want to go back to
2: uh, the uh, the help and content creators distribute products. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, I just bought the 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 router plate jig from Tamar over at Three x Three, and you were helping her distribute that and and. Not just distribute it, but you were helping her in the design process. We developed
3: it. We yeah. do. We she, obviously it's her design. Um, I approached okay. her. She was the first person we worked with. Tamar is somebody I respect more than just about anybody on this planet. She's one of the most phenomenal woodworkers on YouTube. I so enjoy brilliant. her content. Um, and, and her and I think a lot alike. Like people always compare us to each other, you know, like. Uh, you know, the jig king and queen I've heard thrown around loosely, but <laughs> I, I don't subscribe to that. Um, and so, I approached her and said, listen, tomorrow this is a fabulous product. Let me work with you. So, we used – we have a product development team. Uh We designed it with her. We ordered the materials. We manufactured it. We designed this insane manufacturing process that you can see in the launch video on her channel. Um, and it's like one of those things that's like life-changing, you know, like it. it we – we do it. We sell out and suddenly Tamar doesn't have to worry about sponsors like she used to. She doesn't have to like, scru- you know, grind and scrape and scrounge, kowtow yeah. to these companies because suddenly she has a mm-hmm. source of revenue that is legit. Like it's big. It's legitimate. And she, it's her own thing that she's so proud of. Like I did this. And that's what we're about. We're about freeing up people from their corporate overlords and developing real business with real revenue that that has, you know, the kind of effect on their life that's like putting kids through college and, you know, down payments on houses and, and we can change people's lives while doing really good things, which is so fun. It's like all I ever want to do is just, is you know, make things that make people's lives better. That's awesome. That's so awesome.
1: Wow. I'm legitimately like in awe right now. Like thank I didn't you. realize I knew you did a lot. I've been watching you for years. I, I didn't don't, realize how much you did. Pete has a lot of and products
2: me. and I feel like you guys could get together and, and talk a little bit. I'd love that. I'll have I wanna, my I wanna,
1: person call your people. I you. want
2: to promote Pete a little <laughs> bit right here. Yeah. Thank yeah. you.
1: No, but I mean, we're, I mean, we're all in products in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, Mike's like the real big furniture maker, Dan's a furniture maker and products. I'm just pure products. Right. Uh, but like. So, like, we all kind of, like, we all had our own take from, like, a business owner and selling products on this whole thing. But, like, we really wanted your opinion on it. <laughs> well, I think Mike and wow, I – I didn't
3: realize you did all that. That's crazy. Mike and I talked a lot when he was getting into that. And uh, I was really proud of him uh, because he took a big leap. And, you know, I urged him to do it. Obviously, I'm not going to, you know, he did it on his own. But it, it was really fun to watch you, Mike. And, and what you did give do. me all that money. That did. That was it's cool. Yeah. No, no. That was. Nice. I mean, I, I
0: mean, I I've, I've told this story on the podcast, but Dan and I went to WorkbenchCon 2020 right before COVID yes, hit. That's where we. That's where the brainchild. That's where we fell in love. Came together. That's where we fell in love. That's the first time it happened. Uh, no, we we <laughs> the, the, the the incident. Yeah, that's when this show was put together. But I, I've mentioned it in the past for sure on the show that uh, went to WorkbenchCon out of my element. Didn't know what I was doing. I had really very recently gotten into woodworking. I went to Cat's class. He talked about automation. That mm-hmm. really clicked for me. I, I to this day, don't necessarily really like automation stuff like myself, but I do value its, what it brings to my business. It brings something to my business that you just can't get from a lot of different things like an employee sometimes right. like they're just an employee that always works and does whatever you need. Yeah. So, um and and the other th- what's what's funny about it, well, not funny. What what's weird about it is I did it. Some people see it as, "Oh, it's this thing that takes human jobs." Well, no. That in my yeah. case, it's actually definitely created jobs. I have employees now, and that wouldn't have happened had I not pivoted and made an investment in my business to get this thing. That I really wasn't sure how I was going to make it into a thing, and 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 it's it's I've gone through these phases where I was making things for other woodworkers, and now I've really learned how to make it work for me in the way that I want to run my business, which I really love making custom furniture. Like that's that's what makes me really happy. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's what makes me happy. Like I love making furniture. So I I have this thing that just makes me just money. It just constantly makes me money yeah. and allows me to do that. And I'm gonna buy and I'm buying another one as soon as this new building is done here in a few weeks and. Uh, you know, I, the big takeaway was from Jonathan's class at WorkbenchCon 2020. It really was a big turning point for me. I came home, my wife, I said, Hey, we need to talk. (laughs) My wife and I said, we need to talk. I'm about to make a big investment. And the plan is this. I was working at my family's construction company and, uh, I wasn't, unhappy. Well, there was definitely times when I was very unhappy. Yeah, I was uh, I was overall, you there. <laughs> overall, I had a good job, right? Like I had a good job, but I wasn't re- it wasn't rewarding for rewarding. me cuz it wasn't yeah. mine. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my thing. It wasn't mine. I didn't make it and I wasn't I wasn't there for me. I was there for <laughs> insurance. And uh then I got to make this thing and now I'm doing this thing, you know? I'm doing this thing that I absolutely love. And now I'm a small business owner and I'm very proud of that. And uh when I see other small business owners, making huge missteps it uh it it's disappointing that's the bottom line like that's what happened this i mean uh the the virality of it as mm-hmm. jonathan said <laughs> earlier is uh it's significant because it hits us all so hard i mean even if you're a weekend warrior and you're not doing this and you're not running a business with employees you're still running a business. Even it, it's all relative. It all scales relatively. Like if you're doing it on the weekend and you're trying to sell some stuff, you are running a business. You are a business owner. And when someone tells you that what you're doing is less than than what they're doing, uh it shows how weak the person saying that is and how yeah. how thin-skinned they are and how how little self-esteem they have and that they need to tear you down. And they should be building you up. And they in and, and every real business owner that I know wants to encourage other business owners yes. they're, if they're there tearing people down they're a dirtbag. but the real business owners that really succeed they are there to build up other small business owners because they know how hard that was and how much work that is and when there's someone tearing them down they're a piece of shit right that's the bottom line preach Absolutely.
3: mikey so explicit it, well and <laughs> it, everybody who yeah. works in their garage is pouring their heart and soul into it and they're giving up time with their friends or their family to do it and to be insulted for doing that is insanity and uh you know like like you said uh, mike it's like uh, i have 12 employees full-time employees now uh and that is a year ago i had four and so automation right. has created jobs in my shop. You know, we have mm-hmm. two giant CNCs, we have three lasers, we have uh, 3d printers, all those things. Um, and we have more equipment coming in and it creates jobs, but it, it also creates a huge sense of pride. Like one of the coolest things is I just signed the paperwork this week to provide health insurance for all my employees it, it is one of my proudest moments. Like uh, it's all, you know, I love supporting my people um, because just like machines, people are my biggest investment. Uh, and it's what makes my company run and empowering them to make good decisions and all those things. Uh, it's something I, I take so much pride in. So when I see somebody say something so derogatory towards where I started, I started in a 9x12 shed. Uh, it's just silly it's absolutely silly yeah. to watch and it's why the community rallied and it's why we're getting this positivity out of it where the people are donating to my charity and all those things
1: i don't I think all the people, people that understand. have no garages they're they're uh, following us for the they want to do it but they don't even have the space
3: Or they go to a maker space doing, on a sunday
1: yeah. i want to
0: i want to say something about like what jonathan just sta- stated though in california getting your employees insurance coverage is not an easy task, and it's something that I'm. It's it covered. California is something like I have to have my employees go through, uh, and I like be uh, definitely next step goal for me for 2023 is to get my my employees insurance through the through the business. Yeah, uh, there's other mm-hmm. reasons for that too that I won't go into, but being able to provide that for my employees that's a huge step, and I applaud you for providing that to your employees because in this state it's really difficult and very expensive. Mm-hmm. So, um. Anyways, I just wanted to mention that real quick. Sorry. Thank you very much, Pete. What were you going to say?
1: Oh no, it just um, you you kind of answered a you on lot the, of the spot. You didn't have anything to say. I was
0: just <laughs> well, <laughs> on the bus.
1: <laughs> well, Pete, it, go. No, but it is great that you're you're talking about the whole employees. Like when you're talking about the automation uh, talk uh, two years ago being like the this light switch moment. For me, it was Jonathan's speech this year at WorkbenchCon, which was about basically a small scale manufacturing production. And when he said, I I went from four employees to 12 in less than a year, I was like, what? And I remember I asked you a question at some point, like, so if you're doing this all over again, like what would be your priorities? Like, would it be outsourcing? Would it be this or that? And you were like, hand off anything you can and automate and pay for automation or whatever, like whatever you can right out of the gate. And I was like, yeah. Okay. All right. This. All right. All right. Investing all right. So, like, back gave, in your own time. Yes. One of you like gave me permission to like invest back into my own time and like push certain things, and uh, it's actually a question somebody asked at some point about like what was the biggest hurdle we had, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll answer that question later. But like it's that was like a push that I needed to like, whoa, like a permission to do that. Oh not permission, but like you helped me justify giving myself permission to do it.
3: Right, and one of the eye- yeah. most eye opening. Th- like statements I say to people, where you see like the gears start turning, is I say, if you can't hand off the tasks that don't directly grow your business, you just own a full time job. And yes. people yes. like you see it just their eyes. And you go, you go, holy shit, you are right. If if Like for me, if I'm not doing things that grow my business all the time, then I own a full-time job. And so you have to be able to delegate. You have to be able to empower your employees to make good decisions. And one of the things I always really coach people on is like if you're micromanaging, you are blowing it because everybody is smart enough to get something done. And you can find out who's good at what. But um, you need to show people what you expect. Like here's the goal. You you get there any way you want, and I'm okay with that. Yep. And as long as they can get there uh and get the job done to the standards that you set, then you can go do things like go find financing for a new CNC mic, or you know, learn new processes like go to Haas class and learn five axis milling, you know, whatever it is. But you can learn the things that are are going to change and grow your revenue streams.
0: Yep. I walked into the shop today. One of my guys was finishing a table. I almost started to tell him, "Hey, why don't you uh, put the finish on the side?" It doesn't matter how he does it as long as he does it. Like I was yeah. about, I was like, "You know, I was about to start telling Matt to just, "Why don't you put the finish on the sides now too instead of flipping it over?" It doesn't matter. That's just how I would do it. Right. At the end of the day, he's going to mm-hmm. get the finish on there and it's going to be done and it's going to look great. I mean, that's right. his job to make it look great. So, as long as it looks great and I do my QA, it's good, but he I don't need to yeah. tell him how to do it. I just need to tell him what needs to be done. He can get there what well, if it's, way you if
3: it's wrong, it's, you get the opportunity to show them how to do it right. Like, hey, right, you know, this isn't exactly. going to fly. This doesn't pass QC. But let me show you what I would do differently mm-hmm. that you can learn from and grow from.
0: Yeah. And, it's, and that's where you got to look at a thing and go like, th- literally, the thing I'm about to say is an absolute waste of both my time and their time. Because mm-hmm. this, if they do it this way or my way, the same exact result happens. And all it shows yeah. is that I'm a control freak. And I need this person to do it my way. And that is when you go onto the social media network and start bashing someone for not <laughs> using your product. That's the exact result of that. That is not a joke. That is a control issue I mean, for right. people with tiny, tiny self-esteem problems. Right. And that literally is where that that's where that grows into. No joke. So, um,
1: I, I I mean. <laughs> Sorry, she's a big fan. She really wanted to meet you. Oh, it's my namesake. <laughs> What up, sweetheart? <laughs> Cats. Thanks. Um, she just came yeah. over, and starts meowing. Yeah. Let's.
0: What? What is? What? I mean, you, 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 you mentioned in the pre-show that you had a Christmas tree, uh, a lighting company, a Christmas tree lighting company. Christmas you know, lights, and that yeah. Christmas lights. Excuse me. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Christmas. You did Not Christmas just lights. trees. You I mean, did all kinds of. Yeah. Things. I did. Butches, you find ficus? You you find, <laughs> yeah. I do it all. I'll like whatever. No, we. I mean, how do you? I always. I like to ask this question. Like what? is woodworking to you i mean what is this to you I and mean, what is it you talked earlier about the about the fund and how we all agree it's this
3: thing that's like so, so magical cathartic. and i don't even know how to put it it's, into words like it, it's yeah, like it's unreal you, it like, like, what it? like what is it like to you it's like so yeah. for me finishing a project and like looking at this beautiful thing like i'm sitting in my i my my living room right now and i'm looking at things that i've built Like this uh, lift top bar where I took a a wedding present to my Bubby and Zeta in 1939, fully restored it and turned it into this lift top bar. On top of that is a humidor that I built. I remember that video. Right.
1: I love that you just had that like queued up, like ready to go. Oh my God.
3: That's so sick. So what it is to me, it's like the most wonderful, beautiful thing to create with your own two hands and, and like it is nobody will ever know the joy of finishing something that you build entirely yourself until you do it. And then once you do it, you realize it's like an addiction. It'll never go away Uh from me every year. I shut down my company for a week. I give everybody paid week off and I build something that I do not post pictures of. I do not share. Nobody sees it but me. And it gives me this reset every year where I get the opportunity to do something that reminds me of how I started and like reminds me of what's important and why being in a garage workshop, you know, wearing your hat and and growing (sighs) and learning is so vital to your soul and why creating things is like so important and that's what it is to me and that's why I love to make tools that are are like valuable to people that if I give them to them I know it's going to give them so much joy because it's going to be something where they're like, man, this was the best 40 bucks I ever spent because it does the thing that it says it's going to do. It does it well. And I can provide that to people. And one of the coolest things we have coming out is it'll be my first time ever competing with like Lee Nielsen and, and Veritas. We're coming out with a. Remote. I want that now. Right. Hurry up. So Mike, I <laughs> Go got on. good news for you. Production is done. Uh, we're finishing yes. up the instruction manual. I'm going to launch a presale here very soon. Um, oh, and I, I, I will, wait. Mike. I'll, I'll send you a link before I launch it. I'll let you be number I'll one. Standing.
1: Send us yeah. a link, yeah. okay? okay. No,
3: you don't get shit. <laughs> Deal. But like, here. Say what it is. <laughs> Say what it is. So, listen to this. So, the one of the other things. I'll, you guys will be the first to ever hear about this. I haven't shared this with a single person. Um, one of the things we get asked about most is this chisel mallet I have that I had custom made about five years ago. And I get asked about it all the time. Um, and we are in development of the coolest one <laughs> ever. So, this was the one that I... Originally had developed. This is kind of not a good picture of it. But you see it's like beautiful piece of maple. It's uh, it's uh, just a piece of hexagon brass um, with a tap built into it. So then we have developed this. Ooh, oh, my. I like that. So oh, that's sexy. it gets better. It gets better. So not only is it all brass and gorgeous and has that beautiful look, but the brass heads are removable, so you can put – plastic heads on it that are way softer than the brass. Oh, so it won't nice. mar the surface. So yeah. nice. it's going to be beautiful. I just have samples showing yeah. up at my shop this week. Um, and it's, nice. it's uh, it's made by the same developer, uh, the same guy that I developed the router plane with. I think he's the greatest tool maker of our generation. Um, it's a company called Hong Dewey. I don't know if you ever heard them, but they make the most beautiful tools compete with anybody in the world. Uh, and we're developing six tools together. It's going to be a series of six tools, uh, a collaboration that we're doing. I can't wait for that router plane. I, I am so excited about that so router plane. Yeah, and we're going to be able to I do it, to it at route a route price, price point that's about five or ten percent less than the the Veritas. Um, I don't even Very care. Cool. Pay twice, right? <laughs> I mean, it is going to be number one router plane on the market, hands down. It is yeah. beautiful. It works. The functionality. The 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 problem that we. That when we looked at the, the two top ones on the market, it was the backlash and the adjustment mechanism was so much that, uh, you know, it, it created adjustment problems that people don't even know about yet. Like they don't, they just live with it because they, it's like, Oh, this is a good tool. Um, but there's like, you know, a 16th of backlash in those. So ours has zero backlash. Uh, wow. the adjustment mechanism it has measurements on it. So you can zero it out. It's, it's neat. It's really neat. I'm so yeah. Proud that story of it. you shared okay. got, me, wait.
0: got me all hyped up and uh, soggy drawers. It That's was, so cool. It was amazing. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> so was really- speaking of like this product coming out, like what's I don't want to I don't want to say what's the end goal here because obviously you're not you're never gonna be done. You're but never, never. I- done making stuff. But like, what's your next like milestone you're trying to really hit with the with uh, KM Tools or just with the company or with your personal growth or whatever? Like what's your like next thing you're really working on?
3: So Mike said something in the pre-show that really resonated with me, which is when you're the most scared is when you're about to grow. Um, We're moving into a 16,000 square foot facility out of a 4,500 square foot facility. We're currently moving like today. We were like moving pallets. Um, we're opening up a, uh, we have a machine shop that's going to be in there. We have a Haas five axis mill coming in. Um, we're developing a tool design firm, uh, that's going to go along with the content creator stuff, uh, and manufacturing facility and distribution center. Uh, and, and the goal is to give the middle finger to all these giant companies that, take your money and develop, you know, put profits before people and we're going to come in, we're going to develop tools at fair market value uh that are top of the top of their game uh and we're going to shake up the woodworking industry. Our goal is to scare the shit out of these big companies because suddenly we're us- we're leveraging the the Access we have to our customers, you know, with through content creators, not just myself, people like Tamar and all sorts of people like you, Pete, yeah. um, will be able to reach people in ways that doesn't cost so much money in marketing that we have to jack the prices up um, for for mediocre tools. We can develop high quality tools that we either manufacture in house or manage the manufacturing on, uh, and show people that you don't don't need to cut corners to 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 make money in this industry.
1: I love this so much i just i believe in small scale manufacturing so much i think everyone's going to have a printer in their house at some point that prints everything mm-hmm. or whatever like you know you see these like star trek whatever right. materializes your food but let, like that's the that's what printers are there's printers that print food there's, there's machines that cut away material that you can do really really high quality stuff out of a garage right i have a laser that like 10 years ago would be only seen in like a super high quality production shop or something and it probably would have cost them twenty thousand dollars like you know like i have these machines in my shop i'm looking at, at like now i'm like exploring the whole water water jet laser uh for cutting metal parts mm-hmm. and things like that like you could just have that in your garage now like you they're not massive machines you don't need a permit it, you don't need it's 50 grand you can either do. anymore you don't need 50 grand um there's one that's uh, been going on a wazer i think is one of them like they're really small, compact, almost like CNC-looking water jets. I'm like, this thing is just affordable for what it is, for what it can do. You know, it's super cool to see what you're you're going to be going at. Because you're going after the, like, really big <clears throat> companies and, and overseas production mm-hmm. and bringing it kind of, bringing it local and be able to do smaller scale runs. Because I'm pretty sure you're, well, you're familiar with losing a lot of money on having to do a big run when something doesn't work out. Oh,
3: yeah. Or having to buy
1: a mold that costs you thousands of dollars for a part that may not work. Right. Like being able to do that in-house is incredible.
3: Well, and it's it's empowering, right? Like one of the things I love about content creation is 20 years ago when I you was know, – I'm 40. So, I graduated high school in 2000 and – At that time, if you wanted to develop a product, you had to develop it. You had to spend a hundred grand on molds and all these things. And then you had to go to companies that were so big, they'd offer you 2%, like I was talking about before. And so now, what YouTube did when it came out, Mark Spagnuolo was the first woodworker to post a video, but it put the power back in the hands of the regular Joe. Yes. And it took the power out of the hands of the companies. And it's slowly, it's continuing to do that. And and there's going to come a point where these companies are going to be scratching to get market share because all of us are capable of creating beautiful things in their shop. Like, here's a couple things that we're working on that are just like we can produce tomorrow. Um, we're developing a kumiko jig i've come up with a way to add all eight angles into one jig it's gonna be Whoa. crazy it's gonna blow people's minds that's it's cool super cool <laughs> um and yes, please. we have a wide belt sander that we just got from a company called time savers where we can run the strips in our shop then we're we're creating a uh, web-based app where people can design their own french cleat system and we'll cut it out for them <laughs> Uh, and then all they have to do is provide their own cleats. So we can flat pack all this, you know, Baltic birch or whatever, uh, type of wood we do it out of. Um, we can flat pack it by just cutting out all these shapes for them on the CNC. We can do this in mass, you know, we can do 5,000 units in a couple of days. Uh, and we'll be able to flat pack all these systems for them that then they cut all their own cleats and put it up on their wall and it's done. Um, and they can custom design it in our web-based app. Uh, and it's going to be, it's going to be so cool. And that's just sort of an example of small, you know, us-based manufacturing done in small business shops.
0: Wow. <laughs>
2: that's, super cool. That's
3: awesome.
0: That's huge stuff, man. That's Damn. amazing. <clears throat> you guys want to get to questions
3: or let me turn on, how I feel like the better. sun no, setting. I've had, <laughs> let me turn on the lights. Um, so one other thing.
1: Cats after dark.
3: Right, baby. <laughs> right. Um, you know, one of the other things that I think is, is so neat about this era that we're going into. And Pete, I think you remember this from my talk is I, I talked about how empowering this is for people and how the affordability of these machines is like changing. Mike, it changed your life. I mean, all you guys, it, it's, it's like yeah. life changing. And then there's somebody like me who can then organize this for you. Cause at some point you need to be able to take advantage of shipping rates that are reasonable. And the fact that small businesses are not allowed to even know that things are negotiable, like it's crazy to me. And so like, I want to put the, the, use my resources, just like my charity, my business is, we're going to use our resources to support creators and lower their costs so they compete with the woodcrafts and the Rocklers of the world. Um, You know, like, cause Rockler gets to pay the cheap rates. They get the $8 to Canada for two pounds rate and, and you don't. And so you're already, you're already handicapped by $20 on an order. And so you have to rely on the, the connection that your audience has with you to do, to, to get a sale. Whereas, you know, 50% or 75% of people are like, well, I'll just go with the cheapest price, you know. And so we can create a fulfilled by Amazon system that is small business based, you know, and it's just for small businesses and it's just for garage snapback wearing hat mother effers, uh, to make money, <laughs> uh, and, and take the power out of these, these people's hands, uh, and put it in back in the hand of the small business owner. Very cool. Wow.
0: Super well, cool. Let's, let's try to get to some questions here real quick. We got, we got one from uh, Adam Barnett here. He has laryngitis, which he'll explain. So I told him, hey, why don't you use a Stephen Hawking robot text-to-speech thing? <laughs> and he actually did it. He did. So, so here it is. Here's Adam's question. Hey guys, Adam here from Barnett Custom Woodworks. <laughs> I lost my voice so I'm calling in through a robocaller. My question this week is for jcats. I need to sharpen my chisels and planes. What is the best sharpening items you recommend for a novice hand tool slash sharpener? Booyah, booyah baby. Everything's tongue and groove. 8 quarter poop. Circle of hot dogs. Poopin' with Pete. AWP Dawn. Love you long time. Bye. You <laughs> just typed in all lips. the
1: dumb things from the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Outstanding. Uh,
1: Dan, can you make that question just a post?
2: Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. If you send me the
3: clip, you bet I'll do it.
1: Yeah.
3: That yeah. <laughs> uh, was great. Um so the the thing about sharpening that is important to remember is that sharpness is the greatest skill improver in woodworking that All You can learn all the things in the world. And if your tools are not sharp, you will have a bad time. And so it's important to learn. But it's also important to remember that you will not get it on your first try. And that stropping... Is going to be your your cheat code to sharpening. So you want to get a jig, or you want to really work hard on practicing how to keep something flat on a stone, which would be like by like holding your finger over the bevel and sort of keeping all your pressure there, or getting a jig and setting it up correctly by looking at the side of your stone and being like, okay, is the entire bevel touching? Do so I want a micro bevel? The other thing about sharpening to remember is that your primary bevel like doesn't matter 98% of the time. All you need to do is do that secondary bevel and you will have a sharp item. Um, for chisels, you need to flatten the back. For plane irons, you just need to do the rule. The David Chatsworth ruler trick is great for just getting that edge. Yes. Uh, but that you just, it's like sanding. You want to go through the grits, you know, light, medium, fine. And then strop. I think a lot of people think that they just do stones and they get a really sharp chisel. It's not even close. You need to be able to shave paper. And when you can, you're done. Stop. Don't do anything else. And go use your chisel. And then you can... Like I actually sharpen my chisels like once a year where I use stones. I sharpen them once real good. And then I use a strop every time. Strop, 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 strop yeah. until it's like rounded over. And then I resharpen. And, <laughs> and if you could remember that just strop... Every day before you use your chisels, like if you're going to cut dovetails, um, there's other tricks you like can have beater chisels where you like knock out a majority of the waste with your kind of beater chisel. And then you come in Ooh. with your sharp chisel just to take that last little bit. And so, one of the things I always preach is like take half and then half and then half and then half until you can no longer take half and you go into your line. And so, <laughs> same with flush trim routing with like a flush trim bit um, or – or. Uh, I can't think of something else right now, but the least amount of material you have to remove, the better your finish is going to be. And so when you're flush trimming, you want to get as close to your line as possible first, and then use your flush trim bit. Uh, Same with chisels. You want to get as close to your line as possible, and then use your chisel, and you're going to get the best results. So to answer your question, because that was a lot of theory, uh, water stones cut the quickest, but they are the more expert stones because they don't stay flat. Diamond stones cut a little bit slower, but they are always flat and very easy to use. And both of those will get you to a strop. And once you learn how to strop, you will get good results with either one of those systems. So um, just remember, water stones fast, diamond stones always flat, uh, and then strop, strop, strop. Learn how to strop.
2: So stropping is the key. Right. Like you
3: said, the cheat code.
0: Don't strop till you get it. Can't strop addicted to the shindig. Uh the, that's not okay. Uh, okay, so yeah, I mean that is definitely stropping is the uh when I learned about stropping, I don't remember where I learned it, but I was like, "Oh, yeah, this is uh this is a big deal. You don't have to be spending a ton of time uh sharpening all the time. It's mm-hmm. just like uh yeah. I actually need to get behind mine. It's been about a year and a half. I've Very recently started getting into using my hand tools a lot more. It's, I don't know what's happened, but
3: I love it. One of the um, secrets that I don't usually share in my videos is I usually just use a buffing wheel on a slow speed grinder. That's how I strop. I put some buffing compound and I just go, I do three times and it's freaking ready to go. Razor sharp.
0: I actually got that. I got one of those wet stones, those wet stone sharpeners (laughs) and that thing has changed my life because it has a strop. It has the strop wheel on there and I'll just put it on like as slow as I can go and I could no, nah, I got the I got the the Jet one. You got it. I didn't get the TorMac, but I I actually got the Jet one and I'm actually Oh, not TorMac. There's a guy who is uh Yeah, TorMac, it's Tormac
1: yeah. Okay. yeah. I got it's a TorMac, Tormac uh yeah. at a garage sale. A Guy was selling the whole thing and all the accessories for 300 bucks.
3: What? Wow. <laughs> I have one amazing and it's <laughs> amazing. It's like so easy
0: yeah. to sharpen. Yeah. It's like the Yeah, it's it's like cheat mode. Yeah. It is. It's I don't even like. I don't like. Sh- I don't like the act. The, I don't like sharpening. I don't enjoy it. Right. I like using my hand tools and them being sharp. So uh, mm-hmm. one of those. One of those is like perfect for me. For someone who doesn't like someone like Chris Giffro, he doesn't even like woodworking. He's just like sharpening his tools. That's all. <laughs> all he likes to do. So like, it's like, that's like, like all he wants to do is make it as sharp as he possibly can. Right. Um, anyway, it's like Jay Leno, yeah. he
1: wants the fastest cars for his garage. He's right. not going right. to drive them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, let's jump into this question from Josh, Josh? Friedrich yeah. with 507 Woodworks. Let's see, wherever I put that, uh, that's a great question. Sorry, everything's all screwed up here.
1: It's the one yeah. under Josh. It's under Josh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, guys, it's Josh over here at 507 Woodworks. So it's been a minute since I called in, but I'm really dying to know, what was the biggest hurdle that you guys each faced when starting your own business and how – you what was the hardest part to get to what you wanted to achieve in your business? Um, I know each of you guys kind of vary in your own world, whether it be three printing, custom furniture, tools, but what was the biggest hurdle that you had to overcome in order to get to where you're at today? Uh, thanks for calling. Calling? Actually, you I called. Thanks for listening. Uh, appreciate it, guys. Keep on doing what you're doing. Hashtag soy milk boys for life, peace. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> let's let uh, let's let cats go first. What's your biggest hurdle, man? <clears throat> I mean, you're doing multiple things, so. There's got to be a bunch of different ones, right?
3: Man, my life is hard. Um, <laughs> no. And like, as you guys have probably understand from this conversation, I was like, I'm insane. Uh, I'm capable of like handling <laughs> quite a bit of stress and and projects. Um, but you know how I got there and it was my biggest hurdle by far? is I used to be a micromanager and I used to always worry about what my employees were doing and how they were doing it. And as soon as I learned to delegate, we talked about this earlier in the podcast, so I won't beat a dead horse here. Um, but I... You have to pass – you have to delegate and you have to walk away. You have to set the goals, show people how to do it and let them get there on their own. And as soon as you do that, you can grow your business. And until you do that, you are stuck and you will never grow. Yeah.
0: It's It's hard to let go of the control too. It's really hard to like have other people do stuff that is yours, air quotes. Right.
3: (laughs) One of the things that like people will write me on Instagram – Uh, like some, they, you know, like, oh, you know, something was missing a bolt when you got here, you know, some customer service related thing. I say, Oh, can you please email support at camtools.com? Like, well, I wrote you. It was like, man, I got 12 employees. Like, I, I, do you think that I could create the Katz moses router plane if I was? answering three hours of emails a day. I just can't do it all. Right. And so like, you got to understand that I've delegated (laughs) that task to a very talented person who's very capable of being much nicer than I am. Cause that's, and (laughs) that's their specific job, right? Right. That's their job. And cause that stuff wears on me after seven years of like, you know, dealing with those kind of things. Like I can't do it cause it just hurts my soul too bad. Uh, and instead of lashing out at people, I've just delegated it to people who are nice. (laughs) That's That's not what That's kind of smart. Right. (laughs) I I have decided that I'm going to, you know, pay somebody to be uh, pleasant and and solve people's problems and take care of them. And so the point is delegate and you will grow.
1: Yeah. Dan, this is why Kayla books your photography shoots (laughs) because you should not be talking to people. Uh, One of my
2: biggest hurdles. Yeah. Go. uh, One of my biggest hurdles is just getting past my own uh, perceived like, future failures and you know like don't you ever like start something and you're like "Wow, oh, i can't do that that's never gonna work you know mm-hmm. getting past stuff like that getting past my own mind my own brain is is still to this day one of my biggest hurdles i mean i still fight myself it's 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 really hard to get past that mentally and uh but once once you get past it once i get past it anyway uh things are not as hard as they seem and you know uh it's like, uh, like Jonathan, I think said. Uh, like Jonathan said earlier, I think uh, you got to believe in yourself. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta back yourself. So that's that's uh, my biggest hurdle. That what was Mike, you, Mike.
3: That was Mike. Coffee said, "You gotta bet on yourself always," yeah. and it was powerful. I like
0: always bet on yourself. Always. There you go. Story.
2: I'm um, sorry, Mike. You you get all the credit on that one.
1: The house takes ten yes. percent. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> actually, if I go through this big retailer, I only get two percent. So, uh, no, the um, no, uh, it's there was some definite turning points. Um, one was making the decision to invest in a big tool, which I had no. I mean, I say I had no business investing at the time, but I did. I had every right to invest in the into a machine that was going to better my future. So everyone does. Everyone has a right to do that. So uh, that was a that wasn't a hurdle, but I guess it was because it was like, uh, hey, I'm actually making a significant financial investment here. So, what's my plan? Like am I going to keep doing this thing that I'm doing now or am I going to do that thing? Cuz you can't make an investment like that without jumping into that bed and being in that bed. So that was kind of a tough turning point where I was like, "Oh, I guess I am going to do this." And uh the next hard one was leaving my family's business. Uh that was very tough <coughs> conversation. And um you know, it went very well and my dad is a small business owner he owns uh you know he's got like 200 installers or whatever at the family construction company and uh you know he was very happy and proud for me and that's how a business owner should respond to someone starting a business that's how you respond uh and that was it was hard for me we had that conversation and i was like oh this is going to be real difficult it was christmas but when did I leave last year? The family business. Life? So yeah. I guess it was Christmas yeah. two thousand twenty twenty one. I guess it was. Is that right? No. 20, no. I think 2020. it was Christmas 2020. 2020. 20, It was. 2020. It was twenty twenty. Yeah. It was twenty twenty. I said. I we were up in Montana. I said, Hey, I'm leaving. He's like, I know. I was like, <laughs> ah. You knew. He's like, yeah, we've I know. Noticed- you. He's like, I know. You're, we've noticed you're working till four in the morning every day and you're coming into work and working all day here and then working super late. I was like, yeah, it's, it's gotta happen. So, and that was like a seven month departure for me because we had to assign all my tasks out, uh, to other people. I had a lot of, I had a lot of responsibilities at the family business and, uh, we had to get those out to like four different people and, um. That was a tough transition. You guys were there for that. Dan and Pete were there for that. How frustrating it was, and your anxiety levels were month, yeah, yeah anxiety off the, the Roof wasn't sure what are where things were going to head. If I was going to <clears> make <throat> it and what was going to happen. And uh, man, it was scary. But man, it had to happen, and it's the best thing that's ever happened. So that was one of the big ones. And then now for me, right now, it's uh, just like this constant scaling. I feel like I'm constantly doing, which isn't isn't necessarily hard, but it is scary making these really significant investments in my business. Like I'm just like, I'm putting in a new building now or putting in another building behind the, behind the shop. I've got another CNC. I've got a big slab flattener coming. Cause we do so much live edge stuff and I've got all these things and it's just, uh, I'm chasing down these contracts with big companies and, uh, you know, it's, it's what I want to do. And that's kind of what's scary too, is like, I'm doing this thing I want to do. So I feel like something's got to give. <laughs> You know, I always feel like this can't be right. Like something's got to give, but uh, it's not so far. So I mean, I'm very fortunate. In that. So would you say it's betting on yourself has been a hurdle? It is. It's hard. It's hard to bet on yourself, but always bet on yourself, no matter how yeah, hard it is. Right. And that's Jonathan said. Uh, it was. It's grit that wins out every time, and it is. Like you have to just do it. Like it's. It's it's that uh grit that Shia LaBeouf do it right just do it, like do it, it. you got, you just Don't let gotta do it. do your dreams, do be dreams. It. Like, Yeah, like you yeah you gotta it's just, all just all do your it. dreams. I,
3: I love I, the two things I always love saying to people is grit beats intelligence every time. <laughs> yeah, and hundred percent being hungry makes you successful, and that means jumping off the cliff. It means yep. spending the money buying yep. the CNC. It means quitting yep. the job that pays you 80 grand a year for the one that pays you 40 because you're going to make it pay you 80 regardless of what it takes and yeah. and being hungry is important and being comfortable <clears throat> is scary i hate being comfortable yep. every time i'm like oh yeah, my it, job's easy i'm like yep. uh oh i'm doing something
0: wrong yeah yeah, that I'm the same way, and like that, that, uh, that complacency makes me weird. I'm like, oh god, this doesn't, this isn't right. Like something's not right. Like you're not moving forward if it's easy. Right, if you're if it's not easy, growing, you're, you're not, not, you're not making progress. Yeah, if you're not scaling, well you're failing. That right. yeah, exactly. That's what I always say. If you're not scaling, you're failing.
3: So right. I mean, it, rhymes, anyway. it must be true. Right, if you're uh, not true, a grower, grower you're that. a shower. You're a shower. shower. <laughs> wait, wait, what were we talking about? <laughs> wait,
0: wait, <laughs> different podcast, different podcast. No, uh, Pete, biggest hurdles for you.
1: So for me, and I touched on this, uh, I think earlier, yeah, and, um, turn it. what's on a, not what's on, whatever. I touched on this earlier. It's giving yourself permission or realizing that you don't need someone's permission to take the leap, to advance, to do something. Uh, but not only that, I'll go one step further is, realizing that you don't need to explain yourself to someone you don't need to justify it to someone to make sense and i'll i'll give you my example of i'm i'm ai I'm an immigrant from poland w- moved here with my family when we moved out of our last apartment i could have gone into a crappy apartment they could have gone into a small house we decided let's buy a house together i'll have a little shop space i was just getting into woodworking and whatnot and I was, I'll have a little garage, we'll stay downstairs, or I'll stay downstairs, and then you guys will live upstairs. So I lived with my parents into my 30s because that's just like a very traditional European, Eastern European thing. And like we supported each other, but every tool purchase or whatever, even though I had the money, the shop paid for it, whatever, I felt like I had to justify it. Like I had to prove it to the people that live upstairs that like right. were like, oh, this or that. Or like anytime something free came from a, a sponsor, my mom would always be like, Oh, just be careful! Like, what do you mean, be careful? Like, this is like this is a business transaction. Like, this right. is how it works. But it always filled me with doubt of like they believed in me, but like it filled me with doubt of like, I I need someone to tell me it's okay to do this. And you know, Jonathan, like you truly had a massive impact on me at that speech and workbench It because so much like Thank I you. my main. Small-scale manufacturing is, it's 3D printing. I, every year I make the same mistake of I open up my woodworking shop for business. I hate that. I hate doing client work. On the woodworking side, I love woodworking. It's been my hobby. I love doing it for me. And I officially said I'm not doing commissions unless something really exciting to me, not doing to help friends or whatever. I wanna focus on my business. And my 3D printing has blown up so much that I'm able to then say, I don't need to take on commissions. That's paying the bills for, for the shop. I can buy most tools that I want and not have to worry about it. And I went after the talk at the talk in Atlanta, I had three, three 3D printers. I have nine right now in a short m- amount of time. And do I need all of them right now? No, there's one right there, one right there on a ground, not built yet. I need to fully assemble it, but I'm already scaling for what I, what I know is going to happen this year. And, and I had to just kind of suck it up and give myself permission. And, I lost a lot of people along the way, including like my best man and some of my close friends who doubted me from the beginning. They, were, they thought it was like silly that I tried to monetize a hobby. I'm like, no, I, I want to do this full time. I want to build a future. I don't want to have to work at a nine to five for the rest of my life, work you know, for a 401k and whatever. Like I want to retire at 40 so that I can follow my passions and have my businesses work for me. And that is something that no one really teaches except people in our community. Right. At least the people that are really caring about the community and like, like what you're doing. You know, like I want to be at 40 where you're at. But like I need to give myself permission because no one's going to come over to my house and be like, hey, I think it's the right time for you to take this to the next level. Like No one's going to say that to you. You have to say it to yourself. Right. So that's my thing. Give yourself permission and don't be afraid to lose some people because they don't understand
3: Yeah, I've lost. Just get rid of the toxic. Yeah, you know, I've, get rid of the toxic. That's really what it is. People, people <coughs> do hate to see you succeed. That one of the things I've noticed yes. in my career is that everybody loves to support you when you're struggling. Like, oh, you got this. You're going to do it. And as you start to find success, then suddenly they don't like that. Oh, you're always working. You're never able to hang out. I'm, you know, like, or like, you know, they're just like <coughs> crabs. They want to pull you back down. Uh, and that's why it's important, I think, to, to give you, give yourself permission, and and also not ever like consider where the advice is coming from. Everybody wants to give yeah. you a piece of advice, and you're like, you don't even do this. You're an accountant. You don't like, really get out of here.
0: I've said that yeah. in the past. Like, don't go to a non-business owner about how to yeah. run your business. Right. They don't know what the, They don't have no input that's of value there. None. Anyways, it's it's hundred percent bad. Cats, do you want we're an hour and ten in. Do you want us to keep going with some questions? You we're fine if we this is a good long, this has been a great episode, so we can good be good to call the next year.
1: Question is good.
3: pretty good. Let's do one more. Let's do one more.
1: Yeah.
0: Toma? Yeah.
3: Tomah? Oh toma. Yeah. We gotta get Toma. Yeah. We got Toma. <laughs>
0: let's make sure I here let's see all if I can push all the of right button.
3: Love Toma. <laughs> right. Some sound, no. What's up strange?
2: Hey guys, it's Thomas from France and I have some questions. Since you recently joined the I almost lost a finger or more club, I was wondering if you had changed your way of woodworking or having a way to force yourself to stay out of the autopilot mode or maybe just just change any other habits you had. Jonathan, I was wondering what was your process to create the tools you sell? Uh, for example, did you make the first dovetail jig because you needed one, and then the demand was there, so you start pros, you started produ- producing them, or it was more like I think they this could sell. It's a great idea. Let's develop it. Thank you, guys. Have a great podcast.
0: Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. We love you, man.
2: We Allegiant. love you, man. I love that I had I mean, already heard that you question had a- one
3: time, so I knew the accordion was coming. So good. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> so good. Well, those are f- those are for you. So. Yeah, yeah okay. I was actually
1: not aware that you had almost joined the lost my finger club.
3: I did. I chopped off the tip yeah. of my thumb on yeah. a jointer. Yeah. And one of the things, you know, <laughs> I think to sort of like it's almost a metaphor for everything we've talked about tonight, which is I used that opportunity to share my shame. Like I was really ashamed of it because mm-hmm. I'm a teacher. I teach people safety. Mm-hmm. I was really ashamed that I made a mistake like that because it was a dumb mistake. It was not, I that lost That would be focus. very hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was ashamed of it, but I told people immediately, but then I used it as an opportunity as a teaching moment. I interviewed uh, three trauma professionals, mm-hmm. a paramedic, uh, a PA and a trauma surgeon, and talked about all the things that you need to know. Because everyone talks about how to prevent an injury, but they don't talk about what you need to do when you're injured. And that's a reality that some of us may face. And so like some of the things that I learned during that, we did this beautiful video. You can find on my channel, like what it's like what to do in the case of a trauma or something. It's right after my injury video. Um, And it was smart. like things I learned are like, is your tourniquet wrapped up in the plastic? How are you going to open it with one hand? You're not, you're not going to open it. So you should Mm -hmm. go open your tourniquet, Mm -hmm. learn how to use it, leave it open so that you can tighten it Mm -hmm. with your teeth. Um, Uh, the other thing is like about the fight and flight response that everybody has when they go into shock. You lose your short-term memory. You learn your deduct, you lose your deductive reasoning skills. So you need to practice what to do in the event of an injury because you need that repetition. Otherwise you will, like when I cut my thumb off, uh, I, there's this trail of blood in my shop. I did three laps around my shop. I don't know what I was (laughs) doing. I don't remember it. I have no recollection of it. And there's just this trail of dripping blood around my shop like this because I didn't know what to do. I was completely lost and I couldn't look at my thumb for over a minute because I thought it was gone. Uh, and luckily it was just the tip, um, but it was the scariest thing. And it changed my woodworking in the sense, like in Tomas' question, uh, I now approach every tool much safer. I think about every tool I'm using and, and uh, I don't, if I feel like I'm losing focus or I shouldn't do something, I don't do it. Um, so that was important. And then to talk about the product development yeah. thing, obviously I could talk about this for 45 minutes but it's it's uh (laughs) i feel like i know when something's a good idea because i have so much connection with what the community likes because of the content creation but i also think that like it's really like every step of the process when you're developing something you should get peer review and so that's like a drawing of it talk to five other woodworkers and say what do you think of this tell me where this sucks like what where's your pain point on this where's this fail?" (laughs) <laughs> tell me where this is bad and be honest. Like, kill this thing. Like, tell me. So, how- you're actually seeking constructive criticism. <laughs> yes. And you want that feedback. <laughs> I love that we've tied every topic to this. Um, <laughs> and, and then I develop a prototype and I develop not just one for me. I develop 10 and I send them to my friends. Hey, beat the shit out of this. Break it. Tell me what's wrong with it. And then I fic- I do another prototype. And, but this one's like nicer and we maybe had a machine shop machine some of the parts. So, we got real hardware. And, um, uh, you know, then it's like beat it up, beat it up, beat it up, beat it up, break it, break it, break it. And then eventually we come up with something that works. And then we go to bid and we, you know, get manufacturers and materials. And we look at, you know, we do material anal- analysis where it was like, how much does this cost? How much does this cost? What's the benefits? What's the drawbacks? And then eventually we come up with a product that works. And then we fire, you know, we write a check and, and that's when it gets real scary because now you're writing, you know, big checks. Like to get my products down to uh, a rate that is reasonable and competes with the rockers and woodcrafts in the world, I got to buy $100,000 mm-hmm. at a time. And that's terrifying. It's terrifying yeah. because what if it doesn't work? Yeah, like, I don't have, the, I like the, here's a crazy story. The stop block, the first order had to be $80,000. At the time oh. I had saved, Every penny I could for two years, and I had like sixty-two thousand dollars to my name. That was all I owned. I had left my construction company with nothing. Uh, this is two years later, and I bet it all. And, and I, this is—I've done this three times in my career where I bet everything I had, and it was eighty thousand dollars. So I did, it was more than I had. So I needed it to be a success. And what I did is I negotiated a deal with the manufacturer where they give it to me in three releases. So it'd be like, you know, a third of 80, a third of 80, a third of 80. And uh, I had, I got net 30 payment terms. So I had like a buffer. So I ran a pre-sale, and it did so well. I think it like sold 60 grand in the first week. And I was like, oh, I can pay this bill. But it was like, I gambled it all. And, And that's the thing about being a business owner and being in product development is it is scary and you have to really bet on yourself. Like Mike said, you know, Pete, you have to give yourself permission to do it without listening because every naysayer and every conservative person will say, don't bet at all. Are you insane? Like bet 10% of it. It's like, well, 10% doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't give me one run of extruded aluminum. It doesn't get me there. (laughs) It doesn't get me there. And sometimes (laughs) you just have to bet on yourself and you have to bet it all and you have to do it. But, But the reason why I believed in it, it's because I'd done all that process of peer review, peer review, peer review. I didn't just decide, Hey, I got an idea. I'm going to bet it all. It was like, I did. I got the data. I got the data for over the course of, you know, a year. Um, and I kept refining it, refining it, refining it, refining it. And then you make that gamble. So I think that yeah. to my answers your question in the sense that like, yeah, you know, you, you got it. It's a gamble, but it's a calculated gamble every time. Yep. Yeah, you got to bet yeah. on those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you not gotta, just walking yeah. up to the table. You can't table just be like,
0: yeah, throw all your money down and not have any plan. I mean, <laughs> exactly, you a plan.
2: I mean, it's exactly just- what I was gonna say. You're not just <laughs> walking up to the table and putting all your money on black. I mean, you're actually uh, before you even get to the table, you're you're yeah.
0: collecting data, you you're doing well, your th-
2: research, you're you know, you're doing. Stuff. I think,
0: I think when you have naysayers, it hurts so much because they're basically implying that you don't know what you're you're not smart enough to make this right, this decision correctly or go down this path correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes down to like, when people say things that are like, I'm doing this to help you. Like <laughs> I'm trying to Fuck save you. From big Sorry, pardon my Just stuff like, like that. God yeah, God no, it's fine. It. No, It's 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 like, yeah, like I'm trying, like when people are like trying to become the hero in a situation, it's like, man, get out of here, dude. I don't need you for this. This is not what you're here for. You're and not and doing it's me a really favor. frustrating. Well, yeah. I've had so that too
3: so many times in my life and it's, yeah. The the uh, the thing that I always tell people is like, what's the worst that happens? Like, you'll be back. You know, you'll build it back up again. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but you've yep. you've made the calculated gamble and you've you've taken the bet based on on data and and you did your research. And when these people are telling you, oh, it's not going to work, I mean, you know they're the people that are are gonna you know four hundred one k retire at sixty five and never took yeah. a at risk. At least I their- tried.
0: Yeah. Yeah, at least I tried, you know? And that's what it comes down to. These people are too scared to do stuff. Anyway. Right. This is great answers. This is great stuff, man. This is this really is awesome. great. We're so glad you're on the show. This is such a great thank episode. Thank you for having me. Uh, this is one really... of my favorite no, episodes. No, thanks. Oh, yes. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. So seriously. You right. Super enjoy this. It really episode. means a lot. Thank you. Thank it really you. means so a lot. We really uh, appreciate you making time. We really appreciate you being on here. Uh, we really appreciate your insights and yeah. uh, your wisdom and stuff. So thank you so much, man. We really hope to have you on the show again. That'd be awesome. And uh, down the road. Gonna, love, anytime. We, we appreciate you what you give back to the community too. I mean, yeah. not yeah. just uh,
2: teaching, but the, the foundation, the, uh, the, your charity, it's, it's, it's inspiring also. So thank yeah. you.
1: Everyone thank check, you. check the show notes of this show. Cause um, both on YouTube and in a podcast forum and Patreon, it's going to have all the details there. If you want to get involved, you want to donate, you want to do anything, or just check out his products, just go go to the
3: website. Thank you so much. Yep.
0: Very yeah, All cool. the links are there. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for everyone for listening. Thank you, Jonathan, for being on the show. Thanks for everything you're doing. Uh, we won't be back next week, but we do have another episode next week. That is going to be with Jordan. He uh, We recorded that previously to this. So uh, thank you to everyone for supporting us. Everyone have a great 4th of July time weekend if you're in the United States. If you're not, have a great... Week, don't do anything crazy. Uh, that's the best Or, out, or do I can do for this? Don't or do? Don't, or do yeah, actually, mean. I take it back. Yeah, yeah do, do whatever you want. Yeah, I don't, do don't care. I Have just want to say, Have don't blow
2: job. off your fingers.
0: <laughs> it, yeah, don't. Blow at the
2: least, <laughs> at least come out of the weekend with the same amount of fingers <laughs> you yeah. you win it. Have the, the same
0: amount went. of digits. Yeah. yeah, don't pull it. don't pull a Jordan or a Jonathan. Right. Yeah, you guys, take it Thanks everyone for for listening. Thanks for the support. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for having me, guys. Take
2: Bye, bye. Love you. Long time.